Hi, my name is Chris Polod. I'm a pediatrician at an academic institution. And I happen to be a Bible nerd, a child of divorce, and soon-to-be author. I created Little Pieces Club Ministries around the idea that when our hearts break, God can still make works of art from the broken pieces. I run small groups for children and teens and consult with and support parents. I also give lectures and seminars upon request. Our content centers around the science of adversity, abuse, and neglect, that is ACE science, and how biblical design patterns harmonize with it. Along the way, I discovered that Jesus' story, wrapped in the design patterns of the Good Shepherd and the Tree of Life, help us process, grieve, forgive, and reintegrate our souls after trauma. And this helps us grow strong in solitude and community, leading us to love God, self, and others, which is what the greatest commandments or greatest blessings are all about. This podcast is geared to help parents understand their children's point of view and to be a good shepherd and tree of life through the hard times. You can follow the ministry on social media in several different areas. Uh, on Instagram, we are at LPC Ministries. On Twitter, we are at Club Pieces. And on TikTok, we are at Little Pieces Club. In the YouTube video of this podcast, you will see QR codes for our Facebook group and our YouTube content. I love getting questions and comments. So now let's get into this week's episode. Our at-home format for small groups, for those of you um, trying to support small groups, um, starts with a fun and relaxing 15 to 20 minutes. Next time is followed by a snack or basically a meal time uh, where we go over prayers in a style that is very much like uh, examine of conscience. And then we go into the video lesson part of the application uh, following, uh, followed by a prayer to close the video and a fun and relaxing activity again for 15 to 20 minutes. So right now we're just looking at a slide uh, as I'm going through the presentation that reminds us to do something fun for 15 to 20 minutes. Hopefully it does not involve a screen, although if you are having um, good fun, good clean fun with someone else, uh, the screen time is okay. And then just remember to set a timer so you come back. A little bit of wisdom about why we set up small groups this way is we are actually trying to demonstrate the concept of Sabbath keeping. And we'll get more and more into that as we go, but it is a time um, to regularly set aside work, and that can mean a variety of different things, to simply rest and delight in the gifts that God has given us. So now we're welcoming people back from their fun time, and you will need journals, prayer template, um, and then um, uh, go ahead and continue with the next um, activity. So now we're going into snack and prayer time or journaling, depending upon uh, the age group. Uh, the older kids, I tend to encourage them to keep a journal uh, while we have activity sheets for the kids. So what you're looking at on the screen is our prayer template where we look over the, the week and we just ask kids to connect with the time that they have uh, felt uh, joyful and happy. Um, they have had a good amount of fun uh, and then invited them to bring forward their um, 
negative emotions like disgust, anger, sadness, and fear. And when we go through those, we also want to ask, did God feel close or did he feel far at those particular times? And this is reflective of a very ancient process called examine of conscience. And what it does is it just helps reintegrate our souls. When we get a little far from God, um, we can realize that that's okay, and we just simply invite him to come back. So if those of you are leading a small group session and you um, are doing this, that's the basic idea. And what we always want to do is present ourselves as very warm and welcoming, no matter what kids are feeling at a, a given time. And they may even try to provoke anger out of us. And so we just want to be aware and ready uh, to respond with patience and kindness. We are now moving on to Ask Me and Ask Each Other, which is uh, our time in small group where the kids uh, can ask any question of the small group leader about growing up in a divorced family. And this is the time uh, that's very valuable in your um, ability to write down things specifically to pray for for each kid and also send me questions that I can then put out in um, future content that uh, helps everyone know um, how to answer uh, questions like that. For this week's Ask Me and Ask Each Other icebreaker question, we're asking about their favorite movie and specifically their favorite scene. And be listening in the background for instances of win-win because uh, that's what we are looking at specifically today. So moving on to the title slide, um, I actually really love the picture that I um, uh, used. Uh, you can see it on the YouTube video uh, for this podcast if you'd like, but it's um, two small children hugging, uh, but then you have a father figure looking on, uh, kind of blurry in the background. And so that is a perfect picture of what it is we're talking about. And that is loving others as yourself and win-win-win thinking. And of course, that third win is going to be God. And just as a quick reminder, this is episode 32. And it's part six in what we call the public Christian journey. So our elephant assessment test that I am subtly trying to reshape into our sheep assessment test to be much more um, consistent with the shep uh, sheep to shepherd analogy. Um, but because it flows well, uh, we'll keep it as elephant assessment test. But question is, if I disagree with someone on the disintegrated side of the spectrum, um, I want to win the argument no matter what. Uh, sort of in the middle range of the spectrum. I sometimes like to hear what they have to say, uh, but sometimes not. And then on the fully uh, integrated side of the spectrum, I want to make sure they feel understood and are happy too. And that mean that too is very important. So um, this is acknowledging that both people should come out on top. Uh, I chose in the podcast video to leave um, the emoticon version of this template 
to kind of illustrate what's going on. But and this has echoes of Stephen Covey's Think Win Win um, all the way back to the 80s when he wrote his uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Um, but remember that um, our number one rule in the Bible, and therefore the number one rule that we uh, talk about in Little Pieces Club, is to love God with all that you are and love others as yourself. So if you just break that down, that is um, the ideal way to bless yourself, others, and God is to find wins for all of you. But um, looking at a grid that's consistent with what Stephen Covey taught, we have essentially a you and another person column. And so they can have a win or a lose, and then you can have a win or a lose. And when you line those up, win-win um, means you both win. Uh, win-lose means um, you win, they lose. Lose-win means you lose, they win. And then lose-lose means you both win. But with the greatest commandments, um, you can see on the video, we add a third individual here, and that is going to be God. So we're going to advance the slide to make this fully um, uh, present or uh, to look at this fully. So if anybody loses, then God loses. And so um, any of the lose columns um, you can see I put a sad face in for God. Um, and then uh, what we have is in one column, there is a win and a win, and then that's a win for God. So that as we advance the slide, we can see that there's only really one category that satisfies the greatest commandments. And that is when we find a win for ourselves, a win for another person, uh, which is a win for God. And I have to say, um, it was only very recently that I was listening to a podcast from the Bible Project where they were talking about how the land was distributed um, amongst the 12 tribes of Israel after they had wandered in the wilderness. And I realized embedded within that story is the concept of win-win lose. So um, we're going to talk about that right now. So in uh, Numbers chapter 32 verses 39 through 41, Deuteronomy chapter 3 uh, verses 13 through 15, Joshua chapter 13 29 through 31, and First Chronicles chapter 2 21 23, it talks about the tribes of Reuben Gad and half of the tribe of Manasseh. And what happened was God gave the tribes of Israel, at this time they were the 12 tribes of Israel, the land west of the Jordan River um, as the promised land. So that was what God's um, intention was for the people. But um, the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half tribe of Manasseh decided that they liked the land east of the Jordan River. And so 
they went to Moses and requested that specific land. And so what then um, you would do as a reader of the Bible, you would say, oh, that's interesting. What happened to these tribes? Uh, because they, in essence, weren't fully loyal to God's uh, provision and God's promise. And so there was a little bit of talk about the fact that Moses um, said, sure, uh, we can do that, but you need to help us take the promised land. Um, and, um, uh, you know, and in some cases it was by force. So they completed their work uh, and helped, um, helped Israel conquer the promised land. But then they went back and said, hey, can we, we now have our land? And Moses said, sure. Uh, but what Tim Mackey of Bible Project um, mentioned in the podcast was that as um, conquering people, I believe it was the Assyrians at this point, um, these tribes were the first to fall. Um, but it took about two or three hundred years um, by the scholar's estimation. Um, but they, uh, they indeed succumbed uh, to this... Um, this conquering. So the lesson there that they were talking about is that in in our purposes, when we're talking about win-win-win, that this actually set up the uh, theoretical win-win-lose. Um, the uh, tribes of Manasseh went to Moses. They submitted to his authority. Um, he uh, gave them a rule that said, hey, uh, you need to help us, and then you can have your land. So from the human relationship, that was win-win. Um, but in terms of what God was desiring for the people, it was a lose. And that we do see that in a couple hundred years, there was a consequence of this. So it just tells us that loyalty to God, even when um, the people groups are getting along, um, is essential uh, that there may be a consequence looming in the future. So from the win-win-win aspect of things, uh, we have the story of Esther um, that we may have talked about before, um, but what's going on in Esther uh, chapter 4, verses 7 through 15, is that uh, Mordecai has found out that Haman is out to destroy the Jews. And that he is asking Esther to use her queen's influence um, to help save the Jews. And initially she draws back. Um, she uh, says that if I do this wrong, I could die. And Mordecai actually shows a lot of faith in saying, well, if you don't do it, then God will deliver us some other way. But I think he's trying to work through you. And so after some more thought, Esther said, okay, um, I'll go ahead and approach the king. And it worked out, um, and the, the mortal enemy of the Jews was actually killed, um, and the king helped um, give them advice on how to work the system so that the Jews were saved. So what we see here is... Um, an Ezra-Konegdo type relationship. So these are, this is the challenging helper 
type relationship and just taking a step back for a minute. This is a very nice bookend to the Adam and Eve kind of fall where they were disloyal to God. But in this case, um, uh, a man and a woman who were tied together by family worked together in loyalty with God and it resulted in a tremendous community blessing that was then remembered through the Feast of Purim, uh, which is dice because that has to do with the story. But in our cases here, we're seeing a win-win-win. And when those line up, you see tremendous community blessing. So um, that's, that's what we're talking about in the book of Esther. Um, and so just to summarize this on the next slide, we have Mordecai makes a request. Esther is worried that she may die. Mordecai reminds her of her loyalty to God, community, and self, which is the greatest blessings running in the background. And then Esther wisely asks for um, community support. She asks the whole community to fast for her. And a quick side note also is this is showing a woman uh, who is in authority over the Jews. And when she worked with loyalty with Mordecai, that there was community blessing. So for those meditating on a woman's place in the church in terms of leadership, um, I really point to this story as very poignant um, as that question is trying to be navigated. And then Mordecai, the male, does as she requests, and um, they all are, in, in essence, blessed, in, including the entire community, so that we see um, uh, a win-win-win happen and result in saving of the Jewish people. In our next slide, we see Matthew chapter 5, verse 41, and it goes something like this. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it for two miles. And so what this is, is a power differential. You, the soldier is obviously the person in power, and he's um, uh, demanding uh, you do something for him. And what this is saying is that um, Christians are called to um, go above and beyond. And that may be the very way that you um, get noticed by the heart of this soldier. Um, so uh, one way, though, that we can look at this is that a fool, uh, remember Proverbs um, looks at two different types of people, foolish and wise. So a fool um, who is uh, looking at something from a very selfish perspective um, would see this as definitely a win-lose uh, from the soldier. Um, and so, um, but what the wisdom is here is that this may end up being a win-win-win. And that is, if you can go above and beyond to a person whose, whose heart is open, um, they may be touched by the effort and thus you may gain a brother in Christ. And obviously, we also have to remember there's a time for everything. 
Um, and we have to listen to God for when it's time to sacrifice like this. Um, but it is setting up the idea that um, what might be a win-lose or even a lose-win um, to a very limited perspective might ultimately become a win-win-win uh, with God doing work in the heart of another through you. Um, so we do talk about being open to this possibility uh, when, it, when it comes to how we interact with other people. So we've come to the time where we're talking about the activities for the week if you're running a small group session. So for the kids, um, we like to periodically use uh, what I call the feeling balloons. And these are balloons of the basic colors of the emotions from Disney's Inside Out. So red for anger, yellow for joy, um, green for disgust, blue for sadness, purple for fear. And we role play different outcomes and we use the feeling balloons um, to show each person um, what feelings are possible given those different situations. And so um, think of some simple scenarios that kids can kind of relate to. And these are kids between 5 and 12. So basics would be sharing of crayons, um, which game to play, um, whether or not to go outside and play. Um, the kids can even come up with situations. Um, so uh, just be real creative with it and honestly have fun. Um, and then talk about a scenario that's win-lose and have them actually act it out and use the feeling balloons about how that would work. And then come up with a scenario that's lose-win, um, lose-lose, and win-win. And then we can remind them, though, that if you cannot go for win-win, you can agree to have no deal. And this, again, goes back to Stephen Covey. Agree to disagree agreeably, and let's just try to do something else would be the idea there. Have fun with this, um, have fun with this uh, activity because it will... Um, uh, really help reinforce the lesson for the day. And now we're looking at the activity sheet, which is the basic grid um, where it, uh, we look at the smiley faces and the emoticons for uh, what's a win-win uh, and how God um, feels. Uh, so it's getting them to um, work out the idea that win-win-win um, is best and we ask the simple question, which box makes God um, the happiest? And so then uh, we look at the verse in Matthew, uh, which we'll um, talk about in just a minute. So now for the teens, um, if we're in a small group setting, uh, we just basically role play the different types of scenarios. And they can even come up with um, some different outcomes and how they would feel. And then again, it's a reminder that if they can't go for win-win, that people can agree to disagree um, and go for no deal. And that means, again, agree to disagree agreeably. So moving into journal prompts, um, the teens, uh, I give them uh, this idea to think about, has anyone ever been win-win with you? and then write about how you felt. Uh, 
And then have you ever gone for win-lose with someone and why did you do that? And then why might it be difficult to go for win-win? Um, and so we just give them a moment uh, to write on this on their own uh, or uh, you can uh, kind of have them write these prompts down and work on them in their journal a little bit later. Okay, so for Lectio Divina this week, uh, we're using Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 45. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. So, um, as you recall, if you've been following along in the podcast, Lectio Divina is a four-step process. So we just read the passage the first time. And so what we do is we take a step back and we ask ourselves, what line or what word or phrase uh, is standing out to you? And today, um, for the sake of doing this with you, uh, we're going to focus on pray for those who persecute you. And um, so we're going to reflect then on how that line has meaning for us today. So I'm going to read it the second time through. You've heard that the law says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. So if we reflect, pray for those who persecute you. Think of someone in your life that um, may uh, be doing some type of even social bullying or social violence or something like that or someone who maybe has had it rough in their past and don't really know how to act well uh, in a group and they may be acting like the enemy um, so we can pray for God to turn their hearts and as you can think about this there's a ton of wisdom in um, telling a story of uh, or um, constructing a possible story uh, for people who are enemies of yours. Um, we talked about this idea of the man on the train and who comes in with his kids. The kids become, become very disruptive and we get angry until we find out that his wife just passed away and he's in shock. So we learn by praying for people who seem to be like enemies we remind ourselves that they have a story that may make their behavior make sense. And that by praying for them, we, uh, we keep turning our hearts towards compassion for them, even though they may be hurting us or other people. So we're going to read it the third time through, thinking about the person that comes to mind in this case. So you have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. So finally, we get to rest. And as I say each week, we rest as though we've just been very hungry and we've eaten a good meal. And we have laid our head on God's shoulder or his chest um, to rest with our Father, knowing that we've received an amazing message of love from him that may challenge us a little 
um, or it may just bring peace to our heart. So we rest the fourth time through. So you have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. And now it's time to pray to close this episode. Again, I thank everyone for spending time with this podcast. I hope it blesses you and your children. Um, And maybe we'll talk about you setting up small groups um, in your local church. So please feel free to reach out if that is your desire or how God is leading you so that we can support you in doing that. So dear Heavenly Father, bless our public Christian journey. Help us take another step in loving others. Place in our hearts the desire to find wins for them. Bless our interactions with others in a way that both we and they win. Inspire us with the wisdom to make this happen. When we do this with you in mind, it becomes a perfect moment of shalom. In this way, we seek to live out the greatest blessings and play a part in expanding your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hopefully your week is blessed, and we hope to see you again real soon.